First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. This is the John Oakley Show podcast. It is a great day for talk radio. Here it is. It's Monday and we unfurl the flag. See who salutes. You know, uh, sometimes people don't actually salute the flag. They'll take a knee or they'll do something that's, well, given them outlier status. Seems to be the case. This Randy Hillier story that we're pursuing today uh, kicked out of caucus and so he's not going quietly. He's articulated a series of grievances, uh, ten, I, 10 in total in this letter, uh, where he mentions things like, uh, well, uh, the representation of my constituents is more important than being buddies with backroom operatives whose only mission is unrestrained power and control that always leads to corruption. I am now your conservative independent member for Lanark Frontenac Kingston. I continue to be proud to represent you. This is his open letter to any and all, and uh, whether or not uh, his points that he makes, 10 in total, are legitimate, uh, that is in much dispute by people surrounding the Premier, including the Parliamentary Secretary to the Premier, MPP Stephen Lecce, who's joined the Oakley Show this afternoon at Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Mr. Lecce, good to have you on the show. Hi there. Thanks, John. How you doing? I'm all right. Uh, how about this Hillier thing, though? I mean... How do we uh, parse this one? Uh, did he get the bums rush, or uh, was he not a team player? How do you see it? Look, I just want to say off the top, I just actually, for the first time, read his letter, and I just want folks listening uh, across the GTA, across the province, to know that these are categorically false, every single one of them. And I think what the letter actually does is it further reminds me, or I think it underscores a belief we all increasingly came to the point that we knew in the last few weeks that Randy Hillier, with respect, never really wanted to be a true member of our PC team. I mean, and the facts speak for themselves, if I may, Rob. I mean, this is a team sport. We're there to support each other as progressive conservatives, but we're also here to be the champions of our ridings. You have to show up to work with the greatest of respect, John. I think that's a principle you and I can agree with. If you want to, you know, stay in the fold and maybe even get a promotion down the road, you can have the lowest meeting attendance of any member of the PC caucus. You can't show up late, leave early when you do attend. You can't avoid attending our convention our caucus retreats, uh, both uh, held this year and in the past. You can't be absent during one of the most sombering moments in this parliament. I'm a new member, as you may know, John, elected mm. in June. I think one of the most sombering moments for us was when we had to recall the legislature in an urgent matter in December because of a potential strike of OPG. And as you know, OPG produces 50% of the energy in the province of Ontario. It produces almost all of the energy in northern Ontario. To not think that is a good use of your time to show up to the legislature, to be part of that debate, and to enable and ensure that those uh, individuals do not strike, thus putting the energy supply at risk during the winter. Look, there's many examples I can keep going. The bottom line is for you, is when you don't commit yourself to this role, to be part of a team, to serve your constituents, to show up to work, there has to be consequences. And I, and I just want to contextualize something. I've got to say this to you. The Premier of Ontario actually, from my estimation, had a pretty good rapport going with Randy. They actually made so, he made so many overtures to Mr. Hillier since the election. I mean, for crying out loud, he named him a committee chair. There's only about, if, I, if I'm not mistaken, four or five committees of parliament. He made him a chair. 
I mean, that doesn't happen to someone that you have bad faith with. That happens to someone either that has, on its merits, the capacity to do it, or both that and you're trying to build relationships with. The Premier has, every step of the way in his team, tried to build good faith with him. But Mr. Hillier, you know, didn't have a good relationship with any leader of the party since his election. All right, let me just uh, stop you there for a second, because, I mean, and uh, in his letter, he articulates 10 points, but number five is my priority to place a higher duty to converse, discuss, and meet my constituents rather than attending the party convention. He says, so yeah, okay, uh, if he was MIA on some of these fronts, it was because he was doing his constituents' work. And so was he doing his constituents' work is he serving his constituents when he has the lowest attendance of any member of our caucus? Was he serving his interests who want to have, you know, the assurance of energy in the midst of the winter when he didn't think it was a good use of his time to show up for the OPG debate? I mean, with the greatest of respect to this individual, I don't know him horribly well. We've built a little bit of a relationship, and I have no personal malice towards him, actually. I'm just telling you, with the greatest of respect, John, this is all a bunch of baloney. It's categorically false to say that I chose not to go vote and exercise the duty, the constitutional duty, this, the humbling duty his constituents gave him to be the voice of his riding at Queen's Park. To think that's not a good use of time, I think it actually speaks for itself. I just want to make a broader comment, because he made some comments here about you know, ethical conduct and things that I think are a bit nefarious and, and you know, uh, by its design. Look, for a person to submit that they are you know, a, a man or woman of integrity, of uncompromising integrity, committed to the rule of law. Why did it take days after you were removed from caucus for all of these issues to emerge? I mean, I, I got to call it the credibility of anyone who retroactively invokes uh, concerns when they had the duty to speak out if they observed something wrong. And there's not a single iota of proof in this letter, not a singular example, not one item that is appended to this letter that proves any malice, any wrongdoing, certainly anything at all in the context of lobbying or otherwise. Well, that's so, what he claims. Let me just get back sure. into it. Uh, he says he's raising concerns of possible illegal and unregistered lobbying by close friends and advisors employed by the Premier. And sure, and my point to you is, I mean, I think you, I think it's only fair from your end of the stick, uh, in, in your capacities to sort of question, why now? Why now? If you claim that throughout this process you were never going to be compromised by the, by the staff of the Premier, why would it take till now? Well, so you're saying he's, he's never previously raised any of these issues? I'm asserting to you, I have not heard ever an example of this concern being raised. More importantly, if he had a concern about ethical conduct, why wouldn't he appeal to the relevant authorities to investigate it? The fact is, this is sour grapes after, sour grapes after the fact. Never I brought mean, it up in caucus, for example. He also uh, quibbles with the idea that the uh, arbitration with the doctors was aborted and uh, that this was against the law or fa- it didn't follow protocol. He's taking umbrage with that as well. Well, I'm going to assure you that as a member of caucus, I wouldn't speak what happens in caucus, but in the abstract, if the question is, has Randy Hillier ever raised these concerns within within that forum or within forums that other members of caucus could hear, as someone who's attended every caucus meeting without exception, and someone who's very communicates widely with members of the caucus, broadly speaking, the answer is absolutely not. Because Mr. Hillier has not done that. Well, let and me fact, ask you and then. Fact, uh, and, and I just want to get one more point, if I may. Mm. You, know, you know, if any of this letter was true, 
the fundamental question that I think he needs to answer, not, not me to opine, is why didn't Randy Hillier quick caucus on principle or raise these issues with the premier or his office before? Well, it's all right, and, th- and this is sort of central to the question, whether or not there's a party discipline that doesn't allow for anybody to uh, sing off a different hymn sheet or go uh, astray as a maverick. He's been called a maverick for the longest time, as I can recall. So you're saying he went rogue against party discipline, or is that still permissible within the Ford administration that somehow people can voice their own concerns and maybe not be uh, working in concert with caucus? How does it work? Well, I mean, I'll tell you my experience. When I've had concerns uh, or want to share my positions informed by my constituents or my conscience, I have never been impeded from doing that, ever. In the safe space of caucus is the room you do it. You don't do it to the media. And I say this not, I mean, listen, I I appreciate that the media have an important role in our democracy, but this is a team sport. You're a member of the Progressive Conservative Caucus by choice. You have an obligation to your peers, to your to your, to your colleagues who stood in an election with you through the trenches, you have a concern with policy, you have every abs- uh, uh, obligation, I would argue, moral obligation, to speak your mind. Do it in a safe space. You don't leak it to the media. You don't go out there. That's just not prudent. And to be fair, this is not a progressive conservative reality. This is a reality of any constitutional democracy. You think it's any different in the liberals or Democrats? Give me an example where uh, the last time I heard an example of a member raising concern about um, you know, uh, within the party, raising concerns about their leader. I mean, it just uh, they're, they're welcome to do it within the tent. They're welcome to advance their issues. And in our caucus, and this premier actually welcomes lively debate. And we have very lively discussions. As I understand, I'm not there, but the cabinet table, it happens at the Treasury Board, to, it happens in the caucus. All right. So what you're saying discussion. is he, he was not a team player. I mean, this is the accusation against him. Uh, Certainly. I'll, I'll just take that under advisement here, and uh, we're trying to clarify. I don't know the inner workings of the party and how the discipline is affected there, and if Mr. Hillier uh, did go rogue. And there are cases where, as you say, if somebody disagrees with the leader, they can run as an independent or sit as an independent or form their own party, as was the case with Maxime Bernier. Uh, let's leave it at that for now. I appreciate your giving us your account of things from the Premier's office. Absolutely, John. Thanks so much for the opportunity. Thank you for your time. Stephen Lecce is the MPP and Parliamentary Secretary to the Premier. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio. 